Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast, everybody. Episode number 73. Before we even get started, I want you guys to do one thing. What is that? Subscribe. And Hit that subscribe button. Smash that like button. And you know what? Screw it. Leave a comment. I had some plan that I was going to say for that, <clears throat> but I forgot what it was. Excuse me today, guys. I have a little bit of a cough. For some reason, I started coughing last night. Not sure why. I got to go get that checked out. But before we get started, let's just say welcome to episode 73. Today, we got Erin Nakamoto in the building. And she Nakamoto. is... So that's a, if you guys know anything about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, y'all are familiar with the the Nakamoto name. Mm-hmm. It's like the big uh, what's what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Satoshi Nakamoto. That's the guy who essentially created or guy girl group corporation that created Bitcoin. Uh, let me give you, give you guys a quick rundown of what she does. Erin uh, Nakamoto is the co-founder of Anarcho Vegas, a conference that focuses on empowering the individual to go out and make a change in the world and works as a community manager for Float, which is a brand new social media network. She has been running the Las Ooh. Vegas Bitcoin meetup for the last two years and enjoys building up the crypto community out here in her city. She is an advocate for free speech and is obsessed with her cat and dog. <laughs> I don't like cats and dogs, man. I'm allergic. Poor, poor Kim. He's a but he's yeah. a poop. What do you hope to learn in this episode, man? Uh, I hope to learn a lot more about the crypto world because I know the basics. I've invested, you know. Yeah. So I just know like, what is it? It's like the uh, deep web, you know. I'm like just on top of the ocean, floating. Oh, like and that. I know there's all that infographic where it shows the iceberg on top of the ocean, but then you see like the it's whole the abyss. Huge, yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. What I, about I, you? I want to learn because you're pretty. You're pretty. <laughs> I was going to say well and done. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. You're pretty. Uh, We're keeping that. <laughs> you're pretty uh, well educated in the world of crypto because yeah. Keem always puts me on. He's like, oh, did I'm you pretty, get a uh, deep brain trade? <laughs> <laughs> get, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty obsessed with it, man. But the one thing I hope to take away from it is kind of like just get like a because it's always nice interacting with the community of cryptocurrency and meeting other people who are also into it because mm-hmm. we're at the very bottom percent of the population that actually uses it right mm-hmm. like what is it one percent of the world population yeah. uses it or some, even less than that crazy yeah so it's always nice to meet people who are one educated and two advocates for the um platform and also i want to know what's up with this whole anarchy thing because i think she's an anarchist yeah i think uh, maybe anarchy, i could be wrong i could be anarchy, wrong I, I, it, it's viewed as a negative thing but it's not yeah just I watched a couple of YouTube videos before. It's a whole decentralized, centralized thing, right? Like where it's just basically, I think, getting rid of or reducing the involvement of the government, which is interesting. And I want to get her uh, point of view on things, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, I think there's, you know, there's yeah. a lot that we can take away from it. Definitely. And but I without, just want, oh. And, oh wait, last thing I want to clear up: fish do sleep. Ooh. So if you watched the last episode, we talked about do fish sleep because we were interested, and most of them do. Some actually stay up all day long. Did you know there's a shark? That could live three to five hundred years. No. And they're, they're they're living like the one they found is like three hundred eighty years old. I just think the ocean is such a unique place in general because you think about it, we like we know more about space than we do about the bottom of the ocean. But the that's Earth crazy. Is flat, bro. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to get a flat earther on here. Yeah. Who uh, wants to talk about flat earth? Change our well, minds. Well, here here's the next question for you guys. Actually, if you're watching this, uh, if you if you shave a polar bear. Does it get cold in the North Pole or South Pole? Is it the fur that keeps it warm, or is it the the, the thickness of the meat? That thick, yeah. Being a that's big a, boy, that's or what a you thick call. Girl. That's what you call that rare meat. 
You know what I'm saying? All right, y'all. <laughs> Without further ado, we present episode 73. I think it's 73. I may be tripping. 74. Woo. 74, yo. Of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. What's up, guys? We got Bitcoin in the house. Oh, snap. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, real quick, since we're just starting off the podcast right now, I want you guys, both of you guys, to introduce yourselves and tell me who you are and what you do out here. Okay. Well, um, do you mind if I go first? Okay. Um, sure. La- ladies first, I, I just sure. assumed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, my name is Aaron Nakamoto. I, um, I am a co-founder of uh, a conference called Anarcho Vegas. Um, I also am the community manager for Float, which is a new social media alternative platform. And um, yeah, I'm just your average everyday anarchist next door uh, girl, I guess. Nice. <laughs> All right. And my man over here, Yakov. Hi, my name is Yakov Markel, um, also co-founder of, of uh, Anarcho Vegas. And uh, my real job is working in the medical industry doing management software. Oh, nice, wow. nice. For small businesses. Oh. Yeah. So, so. The reason I wanted to have you guys on here is because when I heard of Anarcho Vegas, I was like, what is this? What is this conference that's happening yearly? And and I looked it up and then there's, there's another one called uh, Anarcho Pulco. Is that, is that what it is? Yep. Yep. So that was like the original one, Anarcho Pulco. So what is Anarcho Vegas and Anarcho Pulco? So I'll start with Anarcho Pulco because it was first. But it's, uh, it was basically the first uh, anarchist conference, like gathering of uh, voluntarists or people who believe in just being f- free um, down in Acapulco, Mexico. And that started about five years ago. And it grew from, I think you were at the first one, right? I was at the second one. The second one, Yeah, there too. were about 125, 135 people at the first the one. The first one. And this past year, it was about 2,500 people. So oh, Dang, wow. that's a real conference right there. It's grown. It's grown significantly. So, uh so yeah, when we we there's been different like anarchy conferences kind of throughout the United States, especially this year, mm-hmm. and uh, and we went to one called Anarchazona, and so we went down there, and it was just very quaint and like a hundred something anarchists just hanging around, talking, having conversations, and uh, we kind of looked at each other, we're like we could do this, you know, like we live in Las Vegas. Well, and, and we'd been talking about it already before. Right. I also run the Las Vegas Bitcoin meetup. So I, I host Bitcoin meetups monthly, um, you know, and so I've been talking about kind of doing something bigger on a, on a bigger scale, um, like a crypto conference. But I just I I wasn't sure about it. But once I got back from Anarchizona, we had talked more about it and we're like, you know what? We can absolutely do this. I know we can do this. Mm-hmm. So let's just throw ourselves into it and see what we can do in 90 days. So on the topic of, of, of anarchy and Bitcoin and empowering people, I want to know, first of all, how do you get here to a point where you're like, you're into anarchy, you're into like a decentralizing currency and all that stuff. Like what led you to this point that made you decide to do this or to go down this route? <laughs> I mean, I can answer, I can answer that for myself. I can't answer it for you. Yeah. Go for it. But for myself, I think it was just the my understanding of free market principles and my interest in entrepreneurship and realizing that, you know, 99.99999% of the time, the government is just in your way as an entrepreneur and just like, just hindering you and just creating, creating stumbling blocks that, that only benefit certain classes of people or certain connected people. And the, you know, 0.0001% of the time the government actually helps you is only by accident, Mm -hmm. you know? So realizing that the government is really mostly just in our way, um, and and examining that, I just came to the understanding that it's not really legitimate, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Now, me and Chuck, I, I'll, I'll say right now, I'm pretty clueless when it, uh, about anarchy. I don't know what what really it is. Yeah, me what either. about you? I have no clue. So the having two people in exactly. front of you guys that are completely clueless as to what anarchy is, like we see it as like, oh, it's a you guys are rebelling, right? Not at all. Right? What, what is common, anarchy? That's a common misconception, okay. right? So like a lot of a lot of common misconceptions about anarchy is like. We're rioting in the streets and throwing Molotov, throwing Molotov pillaging, and, yeah. and you know, like throwing we don't garbage in any cans. Rules. Yeah. yeah, throwing garbage cans through Starbucks windows, and like that's the furthest thing from the <laughs> truth. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not a re- really huge fan of Starbucks, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not going <laughs> to throw a garbage can through their window. Um, but no, I mean, it comes down to just wanting, uh, wanting freedom for you and your fellow right. man. Um, anarchy just means anarchy without rulers. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. It means that. You own yourself, you own yourself, I own myself, she owns herself. And nobody has the right to tell us what to do with our own bodies or, you know, with or make our decisions for us. You right. know, I think everyone can agree with that. Why yeah. Why should you have the right to tell me how to live? Why should you have the right, you know, and vice versa? Yeah, so. I, I'm, I'm always one to believe that, that there is no one way to live your life. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, yes, that's feel free to live however you want. Have yep. you ever heard of the like, non-aggression principle? No, no, educate me. Okay, so that, that that's just what it means. It's the golden rule. It's just don't don't hurt people. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. live your life however you want to. Mm-hmm. You know. And you learn these. You learn these like basic things in kindergarten, right? Don't touch other people. Don't mm-hmm. touch their stuff. You know, leave other people alone. And don't, you know, don't steal. Yeah. Don't take things that aren't yours, right? It's like mm-hmm. don't hit. You know, these are just ba- very basic rules, right? But we sort of. We've somehow gotten to this place where there's there are these exceptions for people if they if they're wearing like a shiny metal pin and blue pants, yeah. right? And like they get to hit you and assault you and pull you mm-hmm. over and threaten you with violence because reasons, you know? Because right. oh, because it's like, a psychological thing. It's like yeah, they yeah. have the the imposed power, right? Like, they, like if if you hit somebody and you're not and you're not an authority, then they can hit you back. But if you have that, like you said, like if you're an officer, yeah. then other people will look and. They see that as wrong it. you know what i mean or justify it yeah or that guy must have done something wrong right, right? Mm-hmm. i mean we see that all like you see these these police videos or these cop videos of you know cops like doing wrong to people yeah i just saw one in vegas me actually too, and it made me so mad he was yeah. selling water right yeah yeah the guy that wasn't on the strip and he was selling dude he had this a whole kid's just trying to be an entrepreneur yes and yeah. serve people and make them happy and it's hot out there it's 107 degrees and yep. they're thirsty and he's like hey give me a couple bucks i'll give you a bottle of water right yeah. what's he doing wrong he's not hurting anybody right. yeah so chuck, i don't think chuck has has seen this but there's this i think guy. i've seen like a little okay. i just didn't want to watch it because so I for our listeners who are stuff. listening and haven't seen it there's a video online of this guy in Vegas and he's actually selling bottled water out of a cooler on the strip to people it's, it's 110 degrees in Vegas like he's just selling them for what like a dollar or two yeah. like and that. then and then the the was it the the what, what, I don't know if it was the cops that arrested him or like they had him in a chokehold so the video actually starts with the cops choking him out yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they and, assaulted the hell out of him and then mm-hmm. uh, you know they they basically and they're like, yelling at him well, stop resisting stop resisting stop resisting he's, he's like there with like his arms, arms out, out here on the floor and they're just like, choking him yeah. and people yeah. are yelling at the cops like hey just because you're yelling at him stop resisting mm-hmm. he's not resisting yeah you know yeah they, they, they always they always justify i say like they but like the media always justifies like well cops are under a certain level of stress or 
you know, they have they have to worry about a million different things when they go onto the field. I'm like, right. yes, but the lady in the video kind of yelled something out that was very important. Is like, you guys need to be trained better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it boils down to is you got people who are not Un- emotionally they, unstable. They need to understand yeah. that when they go do that job, their job requires a certain amount of risk and sacrifice and they can't just co- pull the trigger because yeah, they feel... you can't handle that job, go yeah. get a different job. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's right. plenty of jobs. Plenty yeah. of jobs for everybody out there. Maybe a, a cop isn't for you. I know it's not for me. Right. I don't you know, know what I mean? So, uh, I, don't I would know never, guys, I never want to be a police officer. I don't know if you guys saw that video out of Oklahoma recently. This old, like, 65-year-old woman got pulled over for a busted taillight and mm. then the cop ended up dragging her out, like, pointing a gun at her and then dragging her out and tasing her and all that stuff. Mm. No? No. no. The I whole think thing, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's floating yeah. out all She's over like, the place. She's like, I ain't going to pay that ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, all that cop had to do, literally the only thing he had to do was explain to her that this statute that he quoted to her gives you 48 hours to fix to fix it, and then the court will dismiss the charges. Right. That's it. All he had to do was say, oh, don't worry about it. You don't want to pay it? Just get it fixed within 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Instead, he just immediately, like, as soon as she says, oh, well, I don't think I should have to pay for something that I can fix... He goes, well, get out of the car. You're under arrest. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do that. No. Like, yeah. And he hit his emotions because she said, I ain't paying that. And he was yeah. like. And that's just like ego. Like, bro, like, relax. Like, yeah. Exactly and, and, what you and said. And that's one thing that I do love about the internet that I will say. The internet is that. Uh, <laughs> you switch the camera to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that's one thing that I, I love about the internet is it has a, cer- it has a certain way of leveling the playing field mm-hmm. where you see injustice done. It kind of gets, it, it kind of gets addressed. Right. You know, like uh, there was, there was a story of this guy in LA. He's like a, a paletero. I don't know if you guys know what a paletero is, but he like, he sells like ice creams out of his little push card. Like a little, oh, he's, yeah, a, sure. he's an old Mexican man. Entrepreneur. And some guy just, he's like an 80 year old dude and he's trying to make a living, living in California. California, some guy beat him up, like gave him a black eye, took his money, and then somebody saw it, started to go fund me, and gave him it made him like eighteen thousand dollars, like yeah. you oh, know. Wow. So like the the, the internet has a good way of rectifying totally. the, the wrong that happens in the world, and in a way, that's kind of what Bitcoin does is the transfer of wealth, right? So you mentioned that you run the Bitcoin meetup, and mm-hmm. I want to talk about before we get off topic. I want to I want you to explain in your own words what is Bitcoin for those who are tuning in and don't know. And let me, let me just interject with something about uh-huh. that Politero, right? Uh-huh. The thing about the internet is that it's, it's, the internet is totally anarchic. There's nobody telling us that we have to give money to this group or that group mm-hmm. or this guy or that guy. We just right. see things that we believe in and we can, we can fund all sorts of charitable things and, you know, help all, all kinds of people all over the world. Unless, until totally they start free way. until they try to get, start getting rid of net neutrality, right? Yeah, right. And then yeah. and then and then certain Wait, service providers of, create ISPs. net neutrality or how does that work? Is, are, is it net, tr- for, net neutrality is so bad? It's okay. It's uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Net, net, net neutrality. I thought it meant it thought it made it made the internet neutral. No, that's just Orwellian language. Okay, then yeah. it's the other way around. Yeah, it's actually people who try around. to yeah. ISPs who try to impose net neutrality. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you net know, trying to is terrible. trying to tell you like, oh, they're both throttled the speeds the speeds on these sites because they're yeah. our partners or whatever. No, but yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> but no, sorry. about about Bitcoin. Go back to Bitcoin. Um, no, so Bitcoin is a digital. Uh, sorry, a digital currency. Um, that you can transact freely and peer-to-peer there's no middleman um for instance let me just use this as an example i tried sending a uh wire transfer or you know just i started i tried sending money to an employee of mine Mm -hmm. yesterday uh and so i tried sending him two thousand dollars and i tried doing it through zill and the banking system was down so i couldn't send it through zill and of course i had to pay thirty dollars to send two thousand dollars uh to basically have that arrive in like two business days Was, was this employee outside of the u.s uh yeah he is outside okay okay okay. but um 
you know, so, but with Bitcoin, I could have easily just sent him $2,000 in Bitcoin and have it been there immediately and for much less. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yeah, for like 35, 35 cents or something. Cents yeah, or something. Exactly. You know, yeah. so like, and there was no waiting. And I, the bank called me after I tried sending the transfer and they were like, oh, we need his first name, his last name, where he was born, the place he was born you know, the place of his birth, you know, we need his country, we need his passport number. Need that KYC. And I was just like, this I'm is just trying to send this guy money. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I, I just, I, I need his social security number. He did a job. How I'm many sessions does he have? For that. Yeah, exactly. And like, why do you need all this information? Why does it cost me $30 it, yeah. to have money arrive to you in three days? Yeah, when I can, get, I can do it instantaneously for 35 cents. Mm -hmm. I had a guy buy some Bitcoin. He had to basically borrow some Bitcoin, not, or what, he needed some Bitcoin very quickly. And so I sold him a, a bit and uh, my transaction to him took like 20 minutes mm -hmm. and his transaction to me involved going down to his bank, um, waiting in line, getting a, a cashier's check, which, uh, you know, took a whole number of signatures and, and money and this and that and cost him probably 25 bucks or something like that. Getting back in his car, driving across town to my bank, getting back in line, standing in line for another hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a night, like it like, really is. It's just like you want to bang your head against the wall every time I deal with banks. Like, and then it's still two days before I even get the money. I my Bitcoin transaction to him took I don't know less than twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. cost less than a dollar. Yeah, there know. there was a, a whale alert uh, on on uh, whalealert.com. I guess is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, but this guy moved. What was it? Uh, like four hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin, and it cost. I think it cost like four hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, but it was like. Instant and it was right. such a low fee, mm -hmm. and I think and and people know I I I'd assume I would assume people know this, but I think the complexity of Bitcoin and people still don't understand that you can you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin. Yeah, that's a very common <laughs> yeah thing. Right. So yeah. I get like even yesterday like a uh, this lady on Facebook was like, oh I can't I just can't afford to buy a Bitcoin at ten thousand dollars, and I was like, well good news lady, you can buy ten dollars a week uh, of Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just stack it up. So like dollar cost averaging is something I recommend to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's going to benefit you in the future. Um, just all you have to do is $10 a week, $30 a month, $50 a month, however much you can afford to lose. Mm -hmm. Well, think of it as, as savings. It's like if you can put $10 a week into yep. savings, just right. Also, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> this whole video is not, but I, if people have been watching our podcast from the beginning, they know yeah, what don't. we talk about is not financial advice. <laughs> a lot of the stuff we talk about, because we've not talked about Bitcoin before with, uh, with, with, with uh, Tariq, we had him on. on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 100%, Look, if, man. If you're going to hold money in a savings account, right, and you put it in your bank, you get 0.02% or whatever, right? Yeah. You get nothing on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like not even worth it. Even if you could put it, in, you know, lock it up in a CD or a mutual fund. My, or, my grandmother took right. out a bond for me for my 16th oh, birthday. Yeah. And uh, it was like a $200 bond. Yeah. And she sent it to me, I think, like two years ago. And that's when the ramp up it was like really right. going, it, like on its way to 19000 And I was like, should I cash this out and and it's such a pain double? in the neck <laughs> like in like, like a, a week total pain in the neck <laughs> to cash out a bond like I found my bonds recently I found all my bonds that people had bought me for my bar mitzvah and I'm like so I looked into it and it's like they cap even though they're you know they're paying you interest and it's a loan right but they cap how much they pay you so I realized oh That's shit so weird. all of this stuff stopped paying interest like over a decade ago yeah you know it's it's just ridiculous. So they're worth like whatever. It's worth a, you know a few hundred bucks, mm -hmm. right? So. Now, I, and I think one of we talk about the rapid growth of Bitcoin and how it goes up and down so fast. And the volatility is really what scares people, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
when it went from was it like seven grand to twenty grand in three weeks or something and like that? Then it that. went back down too. And right. then yeah, and then it crashed to an all time low this year of thirty two hundred dollars. Like people don't understand that it well, doesn't and, it doesn't and, matter uh, yearly low, right? It, because it, that that yearly low is higher than the the, last year the previous than, low before like, that was a thousand dollars. And so you're just looking at those lows that keep you know right going up. I would say one right. thing though, like how so like let's just say because like right now it's just the volatility is still a little bit. Not crazy, but it, it still is. Because like, if I transferred two thousand to you, and then it dropped, that two thousand, not two thousand, no more. Right. Correct. Right. So that's where, like, because well, we always no, talk- because if you if you if you own half a bitcoin, yeah, the the dollar price of the euro price of the whatever mm-hmm. that's that's irrelevant. You still have half a bitcoin. Got it. Right. 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 If you if you have if you have two thousand dollars, right, mm-hmm. um, and you just leave it in the bank and you don't touch it, right. It's always going to be worth two thousand dollars. The thing is, next year, how much does that two thousand dollars buy? Right, less the than buying it did power this year. Goes down. Got it. Because if you take out, then that's right. when you lose technically. But here's the thing: next year, how much is that two thousand dollars of Bitcoin going to buy? How yeah. much is half of Bitcoin going to mm-hmm. buy next year compared to this year? Right. right. And, and if we and if we take a look at the charts, if we look at historically what has happened every year since the inception of Bitcoin, it has only gone up in value. Yeah. Right. So, if you, but you got to think. Well, get away from the daily get away from the weekly look look at the yearly look at look at the returns of what you're getting right term goal right and and the the, what i what i try to tell people is like don't think of it as like oh you're trying to put in a thousand dollars and trying to cash out two thousand dollars next next week you know it doesn't work that way right with anything it takes time for it to grow and yes bitcoin is volatile but you know if you're if you're thinking about only cashing out u.s dollars worth then yeah it's a little volatile maybe you shouldn't do it right right but if you think about if you're trying to stack sats or you're trying to mainly just put a hedge against the u.s dollar then that's a good store of value which is why again dollar cost averaging and thinking of it as a savings account Mm -hmm. a long-term savings account rather than like a short-term investment right don't think of it in terms of investment but rather just like hey i'm putting i'm putting 10 bucks a week away Mm -hmm. for you know for a rainy day and that 10 bucks a week is going to be worth you know, now can, can you explain amounts. why it's important to dollar cost average? Because a lot of people who are tuning in, maybe this is the first time they hear what what dollar cost averaging is. Why should I put ten dollars a week or ten or fifty dollars a month instead of just I have a thousand? Let me put a thousand dollars this month. Right. So like right now, prices ten thousand fifty or something like that. And then maybe next maybe next week it you know drops back down to eighty five, like yeah. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe the week after it goes up to twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so if you average ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars. Your average price is somewhere in the middle, right? Right. So you're you're basically you're averaging out your fluctuations, right? Right. That's the thing that scares a lot of people off is the, is the, all that fluctuation. So it's by dollar cost averaging, getting rid and of that. And if you if that's what you pay attention to, you're going to freak out because you know you're expecting your money's worth to come back to you very very quickly, mm-hmm. and you see it be so volatile. Right. You know, like I I know I have family you know that basically just sits there and watches their Coinbase account as it goes, and they freak out because. Yeah. That's their long-term goal is to just put money in and then automatically just take money out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even, even without dollar cost averaging, to be honest, you know, people, people freak out over these dips and, and peaks and stuff like that. And the truth of the matter is if you're thinking about it as a long-term thing, mm-hmm. really doesn't matter. Like no. I know people who bought in at a thousand and then it dropped and then they were like, uh, you know, freaking out. And then it went up to 2000. They're like, okay, I'm going to sell and take my profits. And what mm-hmm. happened after it went from 2000, like where did it go from 2000, mm-hmm. 20,000, 
Right. You know, and they're like, oh, crap. Oh, I should have. I should have. And, and, and it's funny because like, people, we... people bought a 20,000 or, the, you know, 19,800 or whatever. Right. And now they're crying. But two years from now. Yeah. You know, when it's at 50,000 or something <laughs> just, like that. Yeah. Or 100,000. Like, I, okay. I think it's I think it's hilarious that we're talking about because when you when we think about stocks and we think about like, you know, like, let's say we have a Robin Hood app and you're buying stocks every couple of weeks or whatever. You think long term when you or you are for a 1K, right? Or a Roth or something. You're thinking Very 20, 30, 40 year long term. <laughs> right. Long term for Bitcoin is like two, three years. Right. <laughs> like the, yeah. the, the price in, like increase is that big in that short of time. But I'm thinking long term 20, 30 years. Right, yeah. right. And that's how you should be. You know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be putting money in and thinking, oh, I'm going to pull out in two, three years and right. whatever. Should be a long term savings. Put in 10 bucks a week, 20 bucks a week and don't think about it. Because mm-hmm. think about it. There's what? how many people in the world? Uh, seven billion people, something like that. There's only how right. many bitcoins? No, and I technically think they've lost a lot of bitcoins. So it's right. probably like at 19 million. I keep I keep so hearing people say I keep hearing people say it's between we've lost four to six million bitcoins. Damn, total. maybe. Yeah, yep, maybe. you're welcome. So let's just they say, but it could also just be somebody's <laughs> what, you holding the wrong address. <laughs> no, I've, I lost my private key uh, oh, to my no. very first bitcoin wallet. My okay, so my I worked at the D Hotel like a long time ago, and uh, it was right around when they started accepting bitcoin. So Derek Stevens, the owner of the hotel, um, he basically like gave all the department heads and people who work um in like manager positions all bitcoin <sighs> and so um so he gave me just it was a little bit i mean it wasn't a lot i yeah. think like i checked last year and it was like 75 dollars uh, so i'm like i'm not sweating it but um yeah i made can, the value go up it did so i you know <laughs> i'm a true patriot I know. Uh, wait it was 75 dollars when he gave it to you or no, it was 75 dollars like last year oh, okay. yeah oh, okay. i don't even remember how much it was right and he was oh, like, yeah, like, yeah, that was like ten thousand dollars in a couple of years. Yeah, right. they gave me okay. my. They, so I'm the kind of person to forget my passwords. Like, I, I just, I'm the worst. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they basically gave me my private or gave me the the wallet, and they're like, okay, set it up. Don't lose your your private key, which I just thought was like a password. And I'm like, oh whatever, I'll just reset it. And uh, <laughs> nope, nope, <laughs> not at all. So yeah. Bad times. I yeah. learned. But you learn, you know, you definitely learn. I mean, I'll tell anybody this. Like, if you're starting with the any any type of trading site make sure you save if you're using an authenticator make sure you save the uh, first password it gives you because that's what i forgot to do mm-hmm. and yeah. then i was like like i got a new phone oh man I chuck was didn't. freaking out i was so but then Kim's like god dude calm down he's like <laughs> he, it's in your because e- so I, I save all my emails and he was able to go back find uh, all my stuff and then i just had a uh, yeah. what is it prove myself again to yeah them? So, so, had, like, so so what, right, what my id uh, and all that what you yeah. did was you lost a google authenticator to your binance account where you had to a multiple of, bitrix yeah, binance. To, yeah yeah so what i did is i went into his email <laughs> and every time he would log in it would send him a certain like or whenever he sent money from that account to another account yeah it would send him an email saying hey you sent this from this from this address so it would just ask him what is your wallet address how much did you send i'm like dude you could track it right there yeah, yeah. so but are, yeah well, good, oh yeah thank god so for much Keem, man <laughs> thank you Kim. are your are your uh, listeners generally familiar with bitcoin um no not necessarily <laughs> but i but i want them to like so, i, I so really do like, what it is is essentially it's a different monetary system that's not controlled by government or a mm-hmm. central bank or a central bank right which are actually different mm-hmm. and it, and it's it can't be counterfeited including it can't be counterfeited by a government or a central authority. You can't just create more like mm-hmm. the government keeps creating more. Right. Right. They just print. And so that's like dollars. supply and demand. If you increase the supply, then the price of things go down. Right. right. The value so the of whole the thing individual thing goes down. I keep hearing and it annoys me. They're like, what is it backed by? What does that even mean? Like, what is well, the U S dollar backed by? Yeah, that's by? what I say. And then they're like Violence. gold. And I'm like, 
It's no. not. No, it's not. I was like, we no. Got off, we got and, off the gold standard in 19... Well, and what's gold backed by? Nothing. The it's, human... it's backed by subjective value. And yeah, subjective it's what preference. the human values that. Exactly. It's yeah. funny. I just, so, I just I was just watching the uh, Peter Schiff and, and uh, Anthony Pompliano debate. Uh, and it's funny because like you, you could tell like you know both of them have like most of the monetary assets in one or the other right but it's just it's but just so funny you know peter schiff actually has a bitcoin wallet oh you you know yeah, damn well. like, you, know, only you know you know damn well what's his name warren buffett has schiff, it like schiff you know only like, has, a, yeah. has a little bit of bitcoin that people send yeah look yeah. at look at uh jp schiff morgan really simon or diamond or whatever the hell his name is sorry i don't know if it's <laughs> on your podcast but uh you know like he talks mac about bitcoin and then it went down and he scooped up a bunch oh of jamie diamond jamie diamond there yeah. you go not who's Simon that diamond. that's the jp, JP morgan, morgan. Uh, oh, Buffett did it right. too he was like any employee no that, that was that was that guy oh was it yeah yeah what a piece he, of the, shit. The, 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 was it the ceo of jp morgan yeah. basically told his employees a, that if you buy bitcoin you're fired. you're fired and he did fire a couple of them later that year found out that he was buying the whole time yeah come well, on and, uh, warren buffett thinks uh bitcoin is trash too he thinks that he called it rat poison he probably has some too. Yeah. <laughs> um i don't think i doubt it I, you know he's very archaic yeah you know yeah Who, warren buffett warren buffett yeah he's a very very old school way of looking at the world i, I think that Maybe he's just not being explained it right. You know, like, no one's explaining it to him the right way. And he is old. Like older people just are not gonna get it. Yeah, no, but that's not, not gonna understand excuse, it. Because my pop up, he he holds like he holds <laughs> he's stacking a bit. sats, he's stacking right? Yeah. Sats. <laughs> my dad's almost seventy. My dad has Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Probably excuse me. I, t- I told more than I do. I, I told my dad to buy yeah. some uh, back in twenty seventeen, <laughs> and he bought Bitcoin cash. <laughs> Aww. I'm like, Dad, why are you buying Bitcoin cash at twenty six hundred dollars? Like that's a worse mistake. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I sold a bunch of Bitcoin cash at like 20. No, at, uh, yeah, like $2,900. You gave some uh, to me. Ooh. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, nice. Yeah. Damn, I don't know, man. I I'll think take it. <laughs> I, the forks are whatever. I don't, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> but, but, but the I, point is that having a monetary system that's separated from some centrally controlled, you know, uh, government yeah. or, or authority, whatever allows us to have a, a money system that we can trust right i will say that last year i my boyfriend and i actually lived off of our bitcoin nice wow, yeah for the so entire sorry. year yeah so it was that. so you bought everything that you needed with bitcoin and- everything groceries plane tickets flights hotels um could you explain how yeah no like there are different uh sites that you can so like we just bought whole foods gift cards off of gift.com and, and they accept bitcoin uh they accept the the site accepts bitcoin and then i think on the back end it turns into like us dollars yeah, of or course. yeah but whole, whole foods is accepting bitcoin now too yeah yeah directly so, so at really? the cash register yeah shout out to amazon yeah that was a month ago i think they uh amazon's whole foods right yeah but amazon amazon not yet but whole foods and a whole bunch of other whole consortium of other dunkin donuts uh, does too it's crazy it's, it's catching yeah, the little ghetto one of them the little get, ghetto gas station near my house accepts it i was like oh damn like it has a bitcoin bitcoin ATM? atm i was like yeah good stuff i bought, I mean, I bought some baskin robbins the other day with some bitcoin yeah. nice what's up Killing but, uh, it. Because have, you, have you ever heard online. of the? You, ever <laughs> you, heard you of know, app? you're you're violating Gresham's law, by the way, right? What is it? Gresham's law. What? what, yeah, uh, what bad it? money drives good money out of the market. Bad money drives good money out of the market. Yeah. So if you have bad money, you should spend bad money first, and you should hold on He's to good about money. Bitcoin cash. I just wanted <laughs> no, to experience no, no, no. it. <laughs> I just wanted to experience yeah. it. <laughs> no, but, is that the spend app? Yeah. Yeah. Spedin, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So spend basically. So they they um now work with um whole foods and a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. things yeah it's awesome i'm so excited i wish that existed last year 
Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, also like when we had to pay rent and stuff too, we like unfortunately had to sell our Bitcoin and we just went to Bitcoin ATMs and sold and paid our rent. What's know? the transaction on Bitcoin ATMs? So typically they're very high. The highest here in town is 21%. There are 75 machines here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, medium range is like anywhere from 7% to about 15. Mm. What are vault logics? Vault logics are 10%. Right. So okay. like crypto space is a, they, they just brought two new ATMs here. One's in the crystal shops at the Aria and one's at uh, the forum shops at Caesars. Mm-hmm. I think I saw you post about that. They are, they're like the Lamborghini of ATMs, man. I gotta be honest. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're pretty amazing. So like not only can you buy and sell, but they're also going to be, um, launching features where you can like pay your phone bills from it. Oh, you can do all kinds of bills. Yeah. Just like AT&T does that now, right? You can purchase international like phone plans. Like it's freaking awesome. And and they're actually like regular ATMs too. It's not just a crypto ATM, but it's not just Bitcoin. They actually do a whole bunch of cryptocurrencies Mm -hmm. right there. And they're super fun. You gotta check it out. So come to my meetup. Come to my meetup on August 12th. There we go. And we're we're gonna post a link to your meetup. Uh, Do you have a link to your meetup page? I do. I do. Okay, then we're gonna post it in the bio for the description. Check it in the bio. So people can find it. But I wanna ask, um, what do you guys think is gonna take for a option to happen so that's that's tricky you know and like we've been working on that and honestly like the debate about like bitcoin and bitcoin cash and how it really what blockstream did to bitcoin back in the day as far as like you know not increasing their block size and then the creation of bitcoin cash like i really do think that blockstream set bitcoin behind and like merchant adoption behind mm-hmm. um and they took the bitcoin adoption handle. is irrelevant Adoption is irrelevant. No, it's not. I, Adoption I, I in the we, first world is irrelevant. This yes. Is, this, is, this is where we disagree. Because so, okay, honestly, I want to hear both. Yeah, sides. I want to. I want to hear yeah. this debate. I, I think that with with we need to be able to be able to spend our crypto. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know he talks about like holding his Bitcoin and stuff like that. Like I'm actually a very firm believer in using it because if you don't use it, then because you don't understand it. <laughs> oh my damn See, you're, you're, you're the reason that Yakov that that Peter Schiff is saying people just hold it they just hold it which is uh, true we, we do but some of us do spend it you know I think it's important to spend Peter Schiff I, I don't holds think gold Peter Schiff is not going around trying to spend gold yeah he's he's built some systems for for like spending yeah gold but like you wouldn't why would you spend a deflationary currency when you can spend an inflationary currency? Right, right. If you're getting paid in, inf- in an inflationary currency and you're taking that and you're paying a fee to convert it to right. Bitcoin or gold or whatever, right? right. If you, even if you're buying, you know, one ounce gold coins, right? You pay, there's a spread and there's, mm-hmm. there's a fee. You know, the store has to make money too, right? right? So you're paying them and now you're going to go and spend it, meaning that you have to go, let's say with Bitcoin, you're paying a fee on buying it, then you're going to go and spend it. And you're going to pay a fee on replacing it. And so like that transaction is costing you call it 50% more than just spending cash. Right. Like why would you do, why would you just go to, through all that headache just mm. to spend more money? Right. It, maybe you but, call it, you can call it more efficient, but, but really to, it's not more efficient. I'm not saying it's efficient. Because I'm not saying it's efficient. I'm we ha- saying we're in that- the first world. We don't, we have all sorts of digital options for currency. In, if you're in Africa, if you're in Southeast Asia, if you're in South America, if you're in Venezuela, Bitcoin is absolutely integral to your life. So if, you, if you need to be able to access world markets and, mm. and things like that, you need to be able to transact in a currency that's, out, that's outside of the bounds of your government's influence, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have Bitcoin. That's where 
adoption is important and that's where adoption is already happening mm -hmm. in zimbabwe they really just they just brought back the zimbabwe dollar a few weeks ago man and i so, heard about that so for the past 10 years roughly 10 years has been a sort of there's been no zimbabwe dollars so they've had um sort of free market and money you could use dollars you could use cryptocurrency you could use francs yen whatever right mm -hmm. Now they brought back the Zimbabwe dollar and they said everything else is illegal. Cryptocurrency is illegal. Well, what happened? You had a huge capital flight into Bitcoin. Right. Because, because you want to be able to protect your wealth from the government. Right. Here, we were able to swipe our credit cards and bank and all. We have all of these amenities in the first world that just they don't have access to in Africa or Southeast Asia or South America or mm -hmm. wherever. Right. For us, it doesn't really matter that much. We're not the market yet. Mm -hmm. We will be, but not yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't matter to us that much. Okay. I can see your point. I can see your point there. And I would agree that adoption in those places are definitely more important than they are. Here. And it's already happening. Um, I, I think the U.S. is going to be the last place that adoption takes exactly. place at because we're so comfortable with what we have already. Like I have a bank, easy mm -hmm. access to a bank. Exactly. I, I can spend my credit. I can spend my debit. It's always going to be there. There's no there's no need for Bitcoin in America. You but, can do all of your here's auto the, bill the payments. But here's, so good out here. but here's what here's what I say is that the reason the dollar has its value is, well, first of all, because we say it has value, but because we also force all these other countries to accept it yep. and give us their currency, their gold, what for well, for our, you know, gold-backed currency, which is the U.S. dollar, which doesn't really hold its value. Yeah. And which isn't really gold-backed. Wait. It's not gold-backed. Yeah, right. for sure. Didn't Iran um, say no to, like, having a central bank? So, actually, uh, a lot of Middle East. Iraq, um, Iraq was starting to transact in gold for oil. And so that was one of the reasons that they went into like, that's where all the gold that they found in Saddam's palaces. Right. Because mm -hmm. he was selling oil to China and India and so on mm -hmm. for gold. That's where it all came from. Uh, then uh, Muammar Gaddafi had been, you know, nice, you know, Ooh, Gaddafi. Like, he was a terrorist back in the 80s, mm -hmm. you know, 70s and 80s. But, you know, he was a good boy for the past few decades. And suddenly he says, you know what? We don't Libya no longer accepts dollars. We only accept gold if you want oil from us france or whatever you know you is, gotta, is, you gotta is, pay is, is that what the petrodollar was about mm -hmm. okay yeah. he he refused to right and then he was murdered right and then same yep. thing with iran iran is also is that, um, when, is that when we started droning them as well right mm -hmm. and so that's when they started all you know manufacturing this whole see that's what the u.s dollar does though when 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 it's when you can print an unlimited amount of of finance and you can build the strongest army and because you you're paying wait, 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 wait. For it. are you saying that the u.s dollar is backed by violence that's kind of what i'm saying we go back. <laughs> even, even paul krugman has has actually stated that outright that the the reason that the u.s dollar has value is because oh this episode can get very dark very yeah. fast <laughs> fear. no no i'm not i'm not even trying to implement fear but i mean it's the truth yeah. i mean people like need to wake up and realize and i mean you just said it like you like before we started this you said you had no political ideology mm -hmm. you know and and you just told me that you think the u.s dollar is backed by violence so i mean mm -hmm. You're like, but, an but you have an economic I, ideology. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe in, um, debating, you know what I mean? Like I have my values at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a hedge against the U S dollar, but I also know where I live right. and what I have to do to get by. Right. So I use the dollar, of you course, know, of course, just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean you can't live with it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's where, that's where I'm coming from. But I want to, before we get off topic, I want to get on the topic of the Facebook Libra coin, because mm -hmm. that's something that's come up uh, recently. And, and I don't know if it is directly, uh, 
correlated to the price of Bitcoin, or if it's, if it's manipulated, affected the price jumps, it, you know, the dips and all that stuff. What do you guys think about Facebook having its own crypto cryptocurrency? Um, well, first of all, I have a question. Have you ever been banned by Facebook before? God, I gotta stop putting my phone on. Yeah, that. just keep it off the. <laughs> have I ever been banned by Facebook? Yeah. Um, no, but I also don't use it that much. Okay. But I so, know they they have the power too. So yeah. so. You know, there's a lot of people who get banned for saying stupid stuff on Facebook. Why would you ever buy their coin and put mm-hmm. your, like trust your money, trust Facebook with your money? Right. Um, so like that's the that's the first point. Um, you know, I I always say that I think Libra is. I mean, it's a digital coin. Um, I, I wouldn't consider it a cryptocurrency. It would, you know. Yeah. But I think that it actually opens the door to. Uh, to teaching people about cryptocurrencies. It could mm-hmm. be a cryptocurrency. It's certainly not a decentralized one. No. No. No, it's totally centralized. I mean, when you have yeah. companies like Uber and Lyft and like MasterCard and Visa back backing it, it's right. just like, I don't know. Like, I've been banned, you know, posted something and on Facebook just, and you know, somebody's like, oh, I don't like your opinion, so I'm going to flag it. Yeah. Right? And, and so you get banned <laughs> for something. You're, you're on a ban for 30 days and people are sending you messages on, on messenger and you can't even respond. Right now. Imagine that happens to your bank account. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're like, shit, my, my electric bill and my, you know, my utilities are due in three days, but I can't spend any of my money because somebody decided to report me on Facebook and now I'm banned. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on a, you know, 30 day, uh, Ben can't, can't, pull, can't pull access that money my out. money. can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Like, so why would you do that? I think the aim for the Facebook Libra coin is essentially to create a world currency, right? Like you want to have something mm-hmm. that doesn't just work in the U S but you can send it out. And I think the concept is cool, but at the end of the day, it's like you said, a corporation owns it. And if the government was to decide to say, Hey guys, you guys can no longer do this. Well, there's your, there's your currency. Now it's on freeze. Now it's on hold right. until the government decides what it wants to do with it. Right. And that's the, the whole point of Bitcoin is to get away from that right. centralized yeah. control, that right. centralized point of failure and not have anybody else be in some sort of custodial uh, re- relationship to your money. Right, mm-hmm. Power to the people, right? There not, we go. Yep. Not power All to day. Facebook. There we go. I sound like a hippie, but that sounds, it's tight, man. Power you know the, the whole people. the whole power to the people thing is is true like it, and, it, and it sucks that the, the the digital age has made people realize that mm-hmm. the fact that like oh oh crap we are being watched i was watching this one documentary on netflix recently uh was it the the great hack the amazing hack or something okay, like heard that about it. i haven't watched it, it it's very interesting because it talks about how uh essentially uh was it cambridge analytica um used social media to you know manipulate the election right yeah um and it's crazy when you when they, they talk about how much how much information they get on us you know like people are worried about oh uh you're gonna give this company your information you're every, every company already has your information yep. facebook has your name your address how many friends if your profile is private they can just go to your friends and see what you post like it, there's no they such thing go into your messages and read your mm-hmm. me- your private messages mm-hmm. i mean it's like scary and not to mention you like for instance, we can talk about something super specific here, like red and gray shirts. Right. right. Hey, matching Yeah, and you scroll your news feed. Oh, it's happened multiple seconds, times. And the first ad you see is, oh, you're gray and red shirts. Right. You know, and it's that's freaking scary. It's mm-hmm. scary. And, yeah, uh, and every every company is doing that. Google is reading all of your emails and looking at Alexa. all of your spreadsheets. And well, not all companies. <laughs> Google Docs. Not all companies. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like, that leads us into, uh, something that my boyfriend and I had started. Um, but we, 
our, we have a lot of friends who are content creators who are being censored on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shadow banning is a huge problem all for having an opinion and then YouTube will come in and demonetize your channel or demonetize your video or just take down your... Well, and some of them like Ford Fisher aren't even posting an opinion. They're just posting... Regular just content. Straight footage. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, his whole channel is just demonetized uh, just like that. You know, so like my boyfriend and I, we saw that there was an issue there. And so so we decided that we wanted to launch a, a new social media platform. And, um, you know, and the more we dug into it, the more we, we did realize that like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, none of these platforms that have millions and millions of users, they don't value your user privacy. Nope. Mm-hmm. They sell your data to third party companies for profit. They read your messages like it's, you know, th- it's disgusting. And mm-hmm. you like well, and, and the, the problem is really not just that they're that they're tracking you because obviously they're giving you a service for free. Right. And so you're giving up something for that. Right. You're paying for it some way. But the fact that they use that then to modify the way that people think right. and to manipulate, you know, the things that are uh, the information that it actually becomes available to you yeah. and to, to block a, certain opinions and things like that. Crazy. There's a saying that I heard where it's like, if you don't see advertisements on a website or something, uh, you are the product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, so perfect segue then getting, talking about float, yeah. because that is the, essentially the platform that you and your boyfriend have created. He, what is float? So Flow is a uh, a platform where we respect your user privacy, where we respect your, uh, you know, your personal data like that stays on you. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically are taking all the best things from all these different platforms because safe to say like these platforms do have good things mm-hmm. um, and good features, but they don't do it correctly. Right. Um, so we're taking from Facebook and we're taking from YouTube and we're taking from Reddit and we're taking from Twitter, um, and we, we're kind of just consolidating it and putting all putting it all in one place. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to sh- go over like five different sites. Mm-hmm. And there are tons of different, there's tons of competition in, out there as well, like Mines and, um, you know, tons of others. Uh, like, like Gab, Steam It, exactly. But if you go on there, like okay, Steam suck. It, Steam It for instance, there's a huge learning curve. I, it took me forever to learn how to use Steam It. Mm-hmm. And I can't get on 100% of the time. You know, there's a lot of issues as far as user usability and, uh, and UI UX or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to create something that just works, that people understand. There's not a huge learning curve. Um, and we also want to be like, uh, we want to change the way that payments are done online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a Bitcoin wallet built in. And so we have no plans at all on implementing like USD into mm-hmm. the platform, it's all going to be crypto. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So, so then you can send money to your account and then you can, you pay can other people have on a marketplace exactly. on the platform and can uh, you have subscribers for their content? and people. Yeah, and absolutely. Okay. You yeah. can sell things, you know, so for instance, like we have do whatever you want. It's just a sort of, online free market free market. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, it's all peer to peer. That's kind of the point is that it's all peer to peer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh like you said, tipping people for their content. So like YouTube, if you go live on YouTube and uh, people send you super chats, YouTube takes twenty percent of oh, yeah. that super yeah. chat. You actually don't realize that as the person who's sending a donation, mm-hmm. um, but they take twenty percent off of it. And so like with if you stream on Float and do go live on Float, we have a super chat feature where we don't take any fees at all. Mm-hmm. You get your total and complete because it's just donation. straight yeah, to your cryptocurrency so wallet. Yeah, only fees that get taken by the network. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. and it, that's just two cents. You know, three right. cents. That's super dope. Yeah. I, I I think that's something that people that 
I when I heard Andres Antonopoulos talk about it on the Joe Rogan podcast and he mentioned about how like, well, you know, let's think about let's think about the online world for a second. Let's think about a YouTube video instead of you watching an advertisement you were paying for that content by watching the advertisement what if you could directly contribute to that uh to that uh content creator through millibits through satoshis like here's a satoshi a fraction of a fraction of a penny mm-hmm. right but through if you get you know five hundred thousand views that equates to two thousand three thousand dollars or whatever right like it, you get more for it because people are actually directly contributing and they can they can contribute more than what the, you know an ad would give you right and then you basically remove the middleman and you empower the, the content creator to connect directly with their with their fan base right have you heard of bit message no <laughs> Imagine if you had to pay for every email that you send. Oh, my God. But imagine if you could make it in micropayments. So you had to pay, you know, a little handful of Satoshis, you know, a fraction of a fraction of a cent for every email you, you send. How many emails do you send a year? Not that many. Not really that many, honest, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know, maybe your email usage costs you two cents a year. Right. What if somebody's trying to spam you? How much does that cost them? They're sending out millions of emails a day. Boom. That's genius. That's genius. Now, and think about it. Every email is attached to a micropayment. Right. So if somebody's spamming you, they're sending you money. They're mm-hmm. sending you micropayments. Right. Right. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> kind of changes Same things. Right. All day. Spam me. I'll, I'll make. I'll make a thousand emails. You guys can spam me all day. Well, what happens to spam when that happens? Right. It's not. Otherwise, it's not profitable anymore. It, it's a very dangerous. Uh, game to play because you think about doing things like that then you cut out isps you kind of cut out internet service providers because instead of paying a hundred dollars for internet you pay for the usage of the internet right. that you're using or right. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so it really so it actually makes things a lot cheaper for yeah. people yeah well i would say like like if you could if you could pay for the only the content you consume as opposed to like paying a flat fee for every, every single month like imagine if netflix let's say you go all month without watching any netflix content mm-hmm. you still gotta have to pay the 15 10 15 dollars for that content but what if you you know you could only you pay what you for what you watch right then it kind of it, it's a little more fair i think you know what i mean um so yeah that's a utopia, bro. <laughs> that's a, I'm trying to change the world over here, uh, man. That's a free market, you know? You know, what's, yeah. you know what's utopian? Thinking of that we just vote a little harder. If we just oh, elect the God. right people, we can create the perfect world. That's a little utopian. It you is. know what's not utopian? Recognizing that the market will just, people will try to solve problems and sometimes we'll be successful and sometimes we won't. Mm-hmm. There are problems with, you know, criminality and whatever. There are all these different problems. And as entrepreneurs, we have an obligation. We have a, we have a, desire for profit to go and fix those problems for people right. and make money without, doing it, without right? being heavily taxed or without being heavily regulated and yeah. but that's not utopia that's just I reality think it's, it's my whole thing is just there's always going to be that group of people that have that ideal of like they're just exceedist in whatever they do they just want to make the most money they could be sociopaths you know what i mean you don't know like they're because I, I don't know when you're when you're making that much money you, you you're kind of on a different emotional level in my eyes and I've, I've talked to a lot of like people who have like more money than I'll probably ever have. And they're very, very like how they think and how they just like do things is completely different from all of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how we can have normal conversations. We can just talk, but they're just, I don't know if they're just thinking about more ways to make money. Now imagine Steve Jobs was a sociopath. Mm-hmm. What would he have done differently? Nothing. That's Absolutely true. nothing. He served the needs of his market and he made crap tons of money doing mm-hmm. it and if he was a sociopath just out there just for money he still would have had to empathize with his market mm-hmm. with his customers and think about what is the best way that i can serve their needs needs that they haven't even thought of yet yeah 
right? That's how you make money by serving people. So if everybody's on that same level, the only way you can make money without actually serving your customers is if you're involving the government in it and you're getting the government to pay you for something. Let's say you're, you know, Archer Daniels Midland and you're getting all kinds of subsidies from the government to throw away corn or to not grow something mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, some that means that the government is basically pointing a gun at a bunch of people and saying, Hey, we're going to take this tax money from you and give it to whoever we want to. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a little sociopathic, but in the market, the only way to make money in the market is by actually serving the needs of your customer. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, you're familiar with Isaac Asimov? No. The uh, sci-fi author? No. iRobot? No. Oh, I've seen I know, iRobot. I yeah. know iRobot. So yeah. iRobot, that's based on a Isaac Asimov book, but Asimov was brilliant. Uh, he was an actual scientist writing sci-fi, but he, he said something very, um, very insightful. He said that violence is the last refuge of the incompetent, right? If you can't solve things through words, Right. then you'll try to solve things through violence. If you can't right. solve things through win-win, then you'll try to solve things through win-lose. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Only if you're incompetent. Right. Co companies that will go and involve the government, let's say taxis that are, let's say here in Las Vegas, ta the taxis would like to prevent Uber from mm -hmm. out-competing them. Right. So they're using the violence of the government in order to create regulations that make it more difficult mm -hmm. for Uber. Yeah. Right. The reason that they're doing that is because within the market, they're incompetent. And the truth is that Uber is a much better service. People prefer to use Uber. Right. And that's why Uber has decimated the taxi cartels, yep. basically government-sponsored cartels all over the country because it's a better service. Mm -hmm. And that's what markets do. Markets are always out-competing. You know, com competition creates better products for, for users, mm -hmm. right? So even if you're a sociopath... If you're competing in the market, you still have to compete for your users. Mm -hmm. Got it. I want to. Oh. I want to talk about because um, we we're at the forty nine minute mark already. Wow. One okay. of one of the last questions that I have for both of you guys is regulation. Right. We're we're hitting a lot of points in the U S. Where now you know five ten years ago it was Bitcoin was a joke. Like like okay go buy your Bitcoins whatever. But now you know the U the the CI what's it the 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 IRS is issuing out letters to Coinbase customers. You know saying hey. You know, if you cashed out your profits, don't forget to pay your taxes. So now the IRS is looking at it and going, hey, guys, there's money to be made here. Well, yeah. How do you think the U.S. regulation is going to affect the price of Bitcoin? Well, first of all, let me just say, like, weird, the government using fear as a tactic to, yeah. you know, that's normal. But, but, uh, but it's only fear. Really, it's only fear. Because the IRS mm -hmm. really doesn't have any They are so archaic. In, like, I know, somebody, I know somebody who got a letter from the IRS asking for $17 back in 2011 this year. Oh my what? god! Yeah, like I'm down. Like they are so archaic, it's insane. Um, and they just they don't have the resources anymore. They're hugely understaffed. Actually, last year the IRS issued a memo to all of their department heads saying, "Stop hiring people that we fired for cause." Like they had people that were sleeping on the job or didn't show up to work for two weeks and stuff right. like that. They're so understaffed. They've been rehiring those people, and they literally had to write a memo to everybody saying. Hey, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Stop the, hiring this person. Yeah. Stop hiring, you know, <laughs> thousands of people that we fired for legitimate reasons because they actually weren't even doing the work, mm -hmm. you know, but they, you know, who goes and works at the IRS, not people that are going to be otherwise successful in the marketplace. Like if you're a really good accountant, you're going to go and work for 300 grand, 400 grand somewhere yeah. doing some businesses, taxes. How do you even right? get a job at the IRS? 
Uh, you just apply for it. IRS.gov. Is there like an office? Like, or, they're hiring. Yeah, they're hiring. Nobody's, you want a job, bro? Nobody's really applying. Hey, man, you got you to gotta you gotta destroy the, 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 the dragon from within. Yeah. So I'm going to be the ins- yeah, inside. Okay. When you get you there, get when you get there, also search for the law that states that it's absolutely uh, mandatory to pay federal income taxes to pay voluntary taxes man that's a whole other rabbit hole we can yeah. get into yeah. yeah but anyway no yeah. like regulation um so like i believe that regulation really stifles innovation mm-hmm. um you know but at the end sometimes of the- it stifles and sometimes it drives it like for example in, in zimbabwe the regulation of bitcoin actually drove people into bitcoin mm-hmm. right when you think about okay so like for me like i think about uh like crypto twitter right and talking about like the SEC and everything like that, like uh, they've tried to place laws on blockchain and the Bitcoin or whatever. And you've seen Bitcoin just take off, you know, like, so Bitcoin doesn't have an office that you can go down, knock the doors off. It doesn't, you know, but as far as like, uh, you know, the price of Bitcoin, I think that it's, it's not really regulation won't really affect the price. It's irrelevant. Um, but as far as like, you know, companies like small blockchain companies trying to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. the government regulation ju- just gives them 20 more hoops to jump through, you know? But I think that that regulation will actually drive um, more, more, more creative, creative solutions. solutions. Like, yeah. for example, things like Silk Road, um, which people, speaking of Silk Road, people should go and sign the petition yes, to FreeRoss at FreeRoss.org. Um, and no, you it's freeross.org forward slash petition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Silk Road was a company that existed totally in the ether of the internet and in the dark web. And it's know. what the, the, what they define as the place where you go to murder people and buy drugs <laughs> and buy guns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, there wasn't any murder for hire or anything <laughs> yeah. involved with that. That's a lot of, you know, a lot of that was just to besmirch his name. They said that he was like trying to murder people and whatever, but trying that, to make an example out of Ross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was totally railroaded into prison. But my point is that that regu- the overregulation and that like the onerous regulation of government on the space is going to force people to figure out solutions for that circumvent that circumvent the government <laughs> completely. Yeah, you know, so you're not going to register a, a corporation in Nevada or Delaware or whatever. You'll register it in the dark web somewhere, and you'll have a functioning company that runs on cryptocurrency and runs on you know, cryptographic systems where you're, as a CEO, you're a pseudonymous person, right? Mm-hmm. It's not attached to you as a, as a person. So you don't, you ex- physically exist as a person here in the United States, but your business doesn't exist jurisdictionally in the United States, mm-hmm. you know? Man, that's a, that's a lot to take in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really changing the world. Yeah. And I think that that's happening a little bit now. But that's the direction that I see things going in. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I, it, it, a year and a half ago, it was kind of like hard to talk about Bitcoin to people because they saw the price go from 20000 to, you know, 10000 yeah. Oh, it's crashed. It's a bubble, right? Yeah. And uh, now that, you know, it's kind of gaining adoption little by little and it's getting in the news and they're, you know, they're talking about talking about it on CNBC and you have Cash App, you know, the CEO of Twitter, uh, Jack Dorsey, uh, who owns Cash App as well. He every Friday he gives away fifty thousand dollars or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. On yeah. Twitter. I didn't know that. All yeah, you yeah. have to do is retweet the tweet from from at Cash App and they give away literally thousands of dollars. And this last Friday was the first time I saw him do. Uh, we're giving away fifty thousand dollars in 
U.S. dollars and Bitcoin. So like one girl actually won an entire Bitcoin. Yeah, wow. that it's, yeah, it's great, you know. And like I love, I love that Bitcoin is being pushed more into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll leave you with this: like I, you said that oh, Bitcoin's a bubble. No, Bitcoin's not a bubble. Bitcoin is the pin. Ooh, yeah, that burst the bubble. Yeah, oh, I love deep. that. You you guys are very clearly very uh, passionate when you guys talk about this all the, all these topics, and you're very uh, knowledgeable. And I appreciate you guys Thank coming you. on the podcast Thanks. and talking to us and kind of educating us and educating our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we end it up, because we are at the 55 minute mark, do you guys want to kind of let people know where to find you and what you got going on? Maybe links and I'll you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you can find me on Aaron Nakamoto on social media and also on a uh, float. Uh, check out float.app. Honestly, let me know what you think. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts. It's www.flote.app. And it's in beta, so, you know, yes. be a little forgiving, but it is a really awesome platform as we're, we're, alternatives go. It's just, we're just getting started, baby. Mm-hmm. Definitely checking it out. Also, check out anarchovegas.com, and uh, we should have uh, tickets on sale for that soonish Soon, yeah mm-hmm. also i want to mention we mentioned free ross um uh, we actually did, just did a fundraiser for ross and his mom and we just raised thirty five hundred dollars for them wow. that's tight good stuff yeah, yeah. so we're i, I love excited. people who take action and make things happen mm-hmm. thanks that's dope. yeah uh again thank you guys very much i'm gonna go ahead and post also don't forget to send me that bitcoin meetup link so i can put it oh, down yeah, there yeah. uh but yeah thank you guys for joining us and uh, so for anybody for who's so tuning much. in check out the links in the bio thank you guys for joining us and we'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner peace Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. I hope you guys liked that episode of the Morning Dinner Podcast. If you guys are still watching, don't forget to smash that like button. And subscribe. Don't forget to go ham and potatoes in those comments and leave us some love, man. Tell, tell us what you think about this episode. Did you like our guest? I know I did. I enjoyed this conversation. This is probably one of the funnest conversations we've had on the podcast just because I got so passionately involved with the dialogue. Keem uh, loves them Bitcoins. I love them Bitcoins. Don't like them shit coins, but I love them Bitcoins. Crypto life. Man, stop cussing. Beep-a-boop, beep-a-boop. It's okay. I didn't cuss this episode. No, I'm just kidding. I did. I said the S-H-I-T word. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, what was your biggest takeaway from this whole episode? Dude, just, uh, just about like how how maybe Bitcoin might take a while to really get, uh, what is it? Like the adoption of it? Yeah, the adoption out here. But uh, how, how it's working for other third yeah. world countries that are having difficulties with their currencies. Because like, is it, it was Venezuela, right? That, where Ooh, they, were, yeah. they were like jumping the price up and down. Yeah, bro. They were, they were taking, uh, somebody did a video of like how much it costs to buy a loaf of bread in Venezuela, bro. It was like a stack of dollar bills. Like not US dollars, but like Venezuelan dollars. Like, that big bro like they were, they were showing like a table with like all the all the money and like it was like literally this much money to buy groceries and you're talking about a stack of like hundreds of thousands of you know bills well i don't get it because the inflation of it because it the 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 inflation of it makes the the value of of the actual currency go down so you need more of it right kind of like the u.s dollar if you think about it God, the yeah, U- like I see what remember you back mean. in the day, you used to have to go. You when if you if you wanted to buy a house, it cost you maybe five thousand dollars. Now now it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. People don't think about the scope of that, but you know that's kind of Venez- what happened in Venezuela. But yeah, we learned a lot about uh, currencies and fiat currencies and digital currencies and Facebook Libra coins and anarchism. Ooh, that was a good topic. To talk and I about. hope you guys learned a lot too. And if you did, don't forget to smash that like button. And thank y'all for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner. Peace. Spinner.
cool. <laughs>